ran across a book recently. The title of the book is A Pretty Good Person. It's by Lewis Smeads. But he has some powerful stories in there. He tells about a federal judge who had ordered New Orleans to open its public schools to African-American children. The white parents decided that if they had to let black children in, they would keep their children out. Of course, this goes back quite a few years, but during my lifetime this happened. The white parents decided they would let it be known that if any black children came to the school, they would be in for trouble. So the black children stayed home too, except Ruby Bridges. Ruby's parents sent her to school all by herself, six years old, this little black girl. Every morning she walked along through a heckling crowd to an empty school. Can you imagine? White people lined up both sides of the way and they shook their fists at her. They threatened to do terrible things to her if she kept coming to their school. But every morning, 10 minutes to 8, Ruby walked, head up, eyes ahead, straight through the mob. She had two U.S. Marshals in front of her and two walking behind her. And then she spent the day alone with her teachers inside that big, silent school building. She's the only child that would come. Now, Harvard professor Robert Coles was curious about what went into the making of courageous children like Ruby Bridges. So he started asking around, and one of the people he talked to was Ruby's mother. Here's what she said. and Listen carefully. There's a lot of people who talk about doing good, and there's a lot of people who argue about what's good and what's not good. But there are other folks who just put their lives on the line for what's right. I've learned that doing what is good, what is right, often takes incredible courage. And folks, that's not easy. You can't just simply do it. It takes courage to do that. But it is also scriptural. You can't get around that either. Let me read to you from James chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and be filled, that does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? What if we simply sang, Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. And then we never lived out what is in our hearts. What if we prayed, Lord, help me to love as you commanded us to love. But we never got beyond saying those words. What good would that do? Now, I'll tell you this. Faith is important. It's the beginning point in our relationship with God. But it is also clear that faith must take on flesh. And we saw the best example in the birth of Jesus Christ. And the book of James admonishes us to do that, to put flesh on our faith. 
as the book of James says so well several times, faith without works is dead. So yes, we start with believing, but we're not allowed to stop there. Because what we believe in our hearts and our minds says much about our faith, more than anything else. It is what we do, what others can see, that is our witness to God and expresses our faith. In other words, people are more likely to be moved by what we do than by what we say. There's a lot of talking heads out there, right? But it's what you do that shows who you really are. Now, John Wesley, who was the founder of a renewal movement in the Church of England, he was an Anglican priest, a pastor in the Church of England, he founded this renewal movement, which eventually became the Methodist Episcopal Church, what we now call the United Methodist Church. He had a lot to say about life and faith. He wrote about it, he preached about it, he talked about it all the time. But one of the areas he talked very frankly and honestly about was money. And one of the sayings linked to Wesley's sermons and writings about money is one that you've heard often. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, and all the ways you can, and all the places you can, and all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. It's not very long. It's a pretty brief phrase. But in that phrase, we're reminded that doing all the good we can is multidimensional. That is, being a witness to the love of Christ is to be found in doing good in every means, every way, every time, every person, every place. And it's not a one-time thing. It's a lifestyle. It's to be ongoing, doing good as long as we can. Doing good is responding to what Scripture says, such as Paul's plea to the fledgling church in Philippi. Paul writes in Philippians 4.8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In other words, there is a time when we think about such things, but then the next step is when we do such things. We start with that mindset of what's right. So that's what motivates us to do good. Things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable take on flesh when we're willing to do. So following Jesus begins with believing. But then we are to do to do things which God tells us are good, that are the fruit of our relationship with God. This church does a lot of good. To do all it should? Of course not. But it does do a lot of good. We have a huge ministry. And one of the things I love is that ministry is making a difference. Now, the ministry, however, begins with faith. People that believe in the goodness of God have this relationship with God. But then it takes on flesh. It's seen in what we do. And we are planning for what we're going to do in 2023. That doesn't surprise you, I hope. We have this, well, this commitment to doing it right. We don't just kind of say, well, let's see what happens. Now we plan and we pray, we work, we talk, we commit to. See, in June, back, back in June, a group of laity began to plan for 
just one area of the church budget, outreach funding. That's, by the way, part of our missions budget. So we begin with others, what we're going to do to help others. That's just one portion of our budget. And then eventually, all the other aspects, all the other portions of the budget were put in place, submitted by lay leadership and staff. And then just a week ago, tomorrow is a week, that our finance committee and the church council approved a proposed budget. It's not the final budget. We've got a lot of work to do before we know if we can adopt that budget. But that's what we're committing to is to see if we can underwrite that budget. But it's been proposed. And the good that we believe God is calling us to do in 2023 is beginning to shape, take shape. And you are part of making it real. So in about 10 days, you're going to get a letter in the mail from the church. In the mailing, you're going to find a copy of that 2023 proposed budget because we believe that you should know what it is, what it's doing. You're going to get a letter. You're going to get a pledge card. Each year, we send this to you. And I know what would happen. That pledge card is, here's what I intend to give in the coming year. It's just a commitment. Here's what we think we're going to be able to do. And I know what would happen. It'd just be so easy to fill in that pledge card without any thought or prayer about what it represents. But I want you to know what it represents. That it is doing good and faithful and powerful things locally and in the world. Let me explain to you. The church budget is a visible reminder of the good that we're doing together using every means and every way to share the love of Christ. Now, sometimes it's simply doing what we're doing here. We have a safe, beautiful place. But it's a place where we provide ministry. Sometimes it's children. Sometimes it's youth. Sometimes it's adults. All of the above. Sometimes it's taking the love of Christ into our community and into the world. And if you know this church, you know that we do, we do this all the times we can. We're constantly trying to find new ways to respond that are significant and life-changing. And it may be hard to see in detail what good is going on because this budget is large and complex. So let me share with you a couple of examples. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a hard time wrapping my mind around big numbers. I like to see specific examples of what those big numbers represent. So here's a couple for you. Some of you know Bailey Zimmerman. Bailey was born about 20 years ago, 20-year-old young adult. She was born into this church. She was baptized when she was about six months old. Now, her parents, Mark and Stephanie, joined the church two years before Bailey was born. She grew up in this church with her brothers, Brady and Brecken. Through the years, you could find Bailey in quite a few places in this church, if you started early, you'd find her in the nursery, but then you'd see her in Sunday school, attending vacation Bible school, singing in kids' praise, our children's choir. You would later find Bailey attending youth group, in fact, being a leader in our youth group. You would find her going with the children and youth from our church to our summer youth camp in Leesburg. You'd see her going on mission trips and on retreats, working in the pumpkin patch, singing in the youth praise band, and even singing in our 930 worship band. 
And for the last couple of summers, you would find Bailey serving on the staff at the Youth and Children's Camp in Leesburg. She's been a counselor there for the last couple of summers, including this last summer. Now, there's a whole lot more I could say about Bailey's deep involvement with the church. But all of these opportunities for Bailey, for her family, and for many, many others were there because of you and your support. Do you ever just think that there's more to just putting something in the offering plate or giving online? These are real people, real lives that are affected. You have provided the times, the means, and the ways, to quote Wesley, who calls us to do good in those areas, for her, Bailey, to be baptized, confirmed in the church, to learn the story of Jesus Christ and God's deep love for us, for Bailey to offer her praise to God, and she did so well with her voice. Now she's 20 years old, a college student, and she is giving back. She is giving back in a remarkable way. Bailey is just one of thousands served by your giving. You see, when you do good, as God calls us, it is exponential. It just grows and grows. Because your giving to the church has strengthened the ways and means of ministry beyond the walls of this church. I see it every day as I've seen it for more than 15 years. For instance, Talbot House. It's right here in town. Talbot House is one of Polk County's most comprehensive provider of services for homeless men and women. I hope you're aware of it. There's a lot of good done by an amazing array of means and ways at Talbot House, and we're one of their supportive partners. Here's what they say. Through food, shelter, free medical and dental care, residential recovery programs, employment training and placement, and affording housing, affordable housing opportunities, Talbot House restores hope and empowers homeless men and women in Polk County to achieve self-sufficiency. It's not just a bed. It's helping them get their lives back together to reclaim their dignity, their purpose, to love themselves and to be able to make our world better. And Talbot House does that so well. Talbot House says they believe that every life matters. And so they offer hope and help one person at a time. I would say they do so much good, which is why we strongly support Talbot House. Talbot House is part of our budget. Yes, we help people like Bailey and their family and many, many others, but we help also with people whose names and faces we don't even know through ministries like Talbot House or Salvation Army or Lighthouse Ministries and much, much more. Talbot House recognized that partnership recently and at their annual banquet gave this to our church. They said, we want you to have the Faithful Friends Award. And so in October, they gave this to our church, thanking us for the remarkable many things that we have done. So we've done a lot. We not only give to Talbot House our money, which we do well for years and years and years. Many of you volunteer at the shelter. We provide food and support. I was asking Mike Stasiak, who runs our food ministry here, what happened to the hot dogs that were left over after trunk or treat. We bought thousands of hot dogs, and, you know, they're free, but we had 600 left over, hot dogs and buns. He said that was lunch on Monday at Talbot House, or the day after Halloween, rather. 
He said, we called them up, said, we've got food, can you use it? They said, yes, thank you. We're not just going to freeze it. We're not going to throw it away. We're going to help those that are doing so much good. Why do we do that? Why did we give $25,000 to Talbot House to refurbish an apartment building for homeless families? Why did we give them $25,000 to replace their failing AC system at the shelter? Because we want to be part of the means and ways that lives are given hope and help. And I did some calculating. In my time as your pastor, we have given Talbot House nearly a quarter of a million dollars, right at 250000 That's just Talbot House. It is one of about 60 ministries that we support. This church gives about a million dollars a year to missions. Children's home, ministries all around the world, in Kenya, in Bulgaria, in Costa Rica, in Cuba. I just signed off on a check to send money to the church in Camagüey, Cuba, that is our sister church, the Church of the Annunciation. They've got an eight-foot hole in their roof. Larry, you know that church well. I grew up there. You grew up there. Your dad was pastor there. And we're going to replace, fix that hole in the roof. But, Larry, we're also going to replace all the rotting doors and windows. We're also going to finish the education building we helped them build. And then we gave them a gift so that they can feed a 1,000 people, really about 1,200 people, the pastor told me. Pastor Orlando said they're going to feed 1,200 people the day after Christmas. And these are the fragile, most vulnerable people in Camagüey, people that have no idea if they're going to have a meal the next day. And they do this because we're in partnership with them. I mean, I know it looks like a budget. But don't be fooled because it is good. It is remarkable good that keeps happening. My gift, maybe your gift seems small when we talk about a budget of millions of dollars. That can easily be overwhelming. But folks, it all adds up. Each pledge represents a gift which joins hundreds of other gifts in doing good. And boy, what a lot of good we do together. Now, I'm going to retire at the end of this year. That's already been announced. But my wife and I are going to join you in putting our pledge card in for the 2023 budget. This is a ministry that we want to and will continue to support. I pledge Sunday is just two weeks from today, November 20th. And we're going to do this because this is our home church. And we love that this church believes in and lives out doing all the good we can and by all the means we can and all the ways we can and all the places we can and all the times we can to all the people we can as long as we ever can. Don't ever change that narrative. That's not dependent on the pastor. That's not dependent on the bishop. That's the call of Jesus Christ to do all the good we can. And I love being a part of that and I hope you love it as well. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the generosity of your people that really are making a difference. Every day there's a challenge before us. And we always look back to the resources that you have provided so that we can continue to do good. Help us to do in every way and means that we can that we can honor your call upon our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
when Wesley told us to do all the good we can. It was a great idea. But that idea falls flat if we just push it aside. What if each one of you were to leave here with that commitment to do good? Maybe just look for one thing very every day, something very special that's good. You know that you will find the best acts of goodness will be in relationship for others. So I would encourage you, I would challenge you to find that one good thing that you can do each day and watch what a difference it makes. Go now in peace and go in love. Amen.